Thank you for joining us for Three Bees on the Law podcast, hosted by Trisha Barita, Camille Canali, and Susan Dawson. Disclaimer, this podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Also remember, laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you. everybody. Welcome back to Three Bs on the Law. Today we're going to be talking about driving considerations related to issues for employers and businesses. Um, I know the first thing I think about, and I wonder if you guys think the same thing, when I hear about a vehicle issue with an employee, was the vehicle owned by the company or was the vehicle owned by the employee? Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Camille? Well, I think uh, if you're asking me if the person's in an accident, for example, I don't think it matters if they're driving for the company, whether they're in a company vehicle with your logo all splashed up beautifully on the side or in their personal vehicle that you are, you know, obviously reimbursing them mileage, of course, because you're a good employer. (laughs) I don't think it matters um, whether or not you own the vehicle or the employee owns the vehicle if there is an accident. Um, you're on the hook and you should have, you know, all of the considerations with respect to that, like insurance and stuff like that, that we're going to talk about in a few minutes. What about you, Susan? What do you think about that? Well, just to clarify, you mean while you're on the job, right? So the the question isn't whether or not it's a company car or a private car. The question is whether or not they're working and performing services for the company or if they're on their private time. You got it. And so if they're on company time and they're in an accident, doesn't matter personal vehicle or your beautifully logoed company vehicle, the employer is on the hook. Right. And hopefully for once, we all agree on that. Right, Trisha? Well, I was just going to (laughs) say. So I. Excuse my. Sorry. I think in Texas, like, you know, um, yeah, the Mm -hmm. vicarious liability. Yeah. If there, if, if it's, if it's an automatic, the first thing I'm thinking is like, well, okay, it, were they driving a company vehicle or a personal vehicle? Because the company vehicle is going to be a presumption that it's in, in the furtherance of the company business. It may not be. It may be that they, they have access to that vehicle in the evenings or on the weekends to do personal things. Um, and that's a, a whole nother um, can of worms. I'd love to hear what you guys think about that. But if they're in the personal vehicle, you know, then, then there's a proof issue. Like what were they doing? Um, and was it, you know, were they on their lunch break? You know, were they not in the furtherance? Were they were they here in Texas? They If they went on what was supposed to be work and then they veered off, you know, to do something that wasn't work and you can somehow prove that as the employer, you may be able to decrease your liability somehow. But um, uh, there's some room there, the wiggle room, but certainly there's, you know, almost a presumption again, like, if they actually were during work time, it's going to be difficult and you're going to have to figure out how to try to prove that they were doing something that was off their time. Now, that may be where the accident occurred. If it's in an odd place when you sent them to go do something, um, you know, what were they doing over there and that other place? And did they veer off to go do something that was more of a personal task and somehow the employer can wiggle out of it? But um, let's face it. I mean, from the perspective of of the plaintiff's attorney bringing these cases against someone when there's a car wreck and, you know, uh, someone was injured in the car wreck and then the employee was driving the other vehicle, if it was a personal vehicle, they may not find out initially the employee was on work time or working. 
they may bring the lawsuit against the employee individually. And then throughout the course of the lawsuit, then they discover, oh, you were working. Well, that's great. Let's just bring that employer into the lawsuit because they have deep pockets and um, and the plaintiff's lawyers thinking this case might be worth more than what I originally thought uh, than the insurance limits that the employee may have or maybe the no insurance if the employee is breaking the law. So, um, but what do you guys think about the company vehicle? And if they're driving the company vehicle for personal reasons, is that different for you guys in your states? I think that becomes really difficult for the employer to get out of the lawsuit. And in fact, I've handled lawsuits where the employer ultimately was found liable when the employee, for example, stopped working and on the way home, you know, stopped for a couple beers and had an accident. Um, you could very well be on the hook here in California. And so that line is not as gray uh, in California as in Texas, it sounds like here. Well, that really would make you think twice about whether you let them use that company vehicle for any personal time. You got it. And as a matter of fact, we have something called the coming and going rule in California. And so, for example, if you own a bunch of stores and you have a manager that travels from store to store and requires her vehicle once or twice a week to do this, you could be on the hook if she's in an accident going to or coming from work because her job requires the use of a vehicle. Interesting. Interesting. So, <laughs> California is so fun. So California is so fun. And, and you know, you really want to make sure you have you're insured for those drivers that you are allowing to drive, whether it's a company vehicle or their personal vehicle that they drive for you. Yeah, I think the insurance is is a big deal because you know, the insurance companies are, themselves are going to tell you, hey, you got people driving for you. Who are those people? Give us the list. Right. And so that's kind of a no brainer. I feel like the insurance company, they're, they're looking at protecting themselves in that realm. Um, but what about the people that, you know, may be driving for the company that the that aren't on the list that aren't initially thought of? You know, if you have a company of 200 people and you've got, you know, 30 drivers, you know, um, there's a whole bunch of other people there tootling around um, that maybe don't drive the company vehicles, but could they potentially be driving on behalf of the company? And do you have insurance to cover them? So Susan had a great example before we got started. And it was the, hey, can you pick me up a sandwich when you're going out to lunch? And so Susan, why don't you talk a little bit about that scenario? Because I thought that was a great one and it could end up a couple different ways. Well, a lot of employers don't think about what happens, you know, employees are running out on their lunch break, or let's say you send them out in the middle of the day and you say, hey, uh, we're all working hard. I'm going to treat everyone to coffees, you know, Sally or Jim, can you run out and do the pickup and bring them back? Right. Um, they don't think of that as company time, but it can be. And a creative plaintiff's attorney in that accident scenario will sue first and ask questions later. Right. I mean, you know, if, if they're, if they can make the argument, I shouldn't, I don't mean to slam plaintiff's attorneys, but if they can make the argument that they're on the job, they're going to sue and they're going to let the employer try to prove that they weren't. Right. So you can be working for the business, even if you're out just as simple as going out and grabbing your boss a sandwich even if you're grabbing your own, though there might be complexities there about, were you really on the job? I mean, that again, gets into an argument, but who wants to be in that argument, right? Right, and the same is true. I know like when I was a younger 
you know, associate and I was scrambling to get my work done and get my paper served on time, I would often have to drop them off at the post office myself on the way home because I need the midnight pickup to make sure that they were uh, postmarked mm -hmm. on the date I needed them to be. And, you know, a couple times I asked a staff member to go do that for me. But that's asking them on their way home because the post office that had the late drop off was on their way home. You know, that's actually asking them to do work and furtherance right. of the business. And so obviously that stopped rather quickly. But things you don't think about being on behalf of the business, such as a quick errand to drop something in a post box on your way home and there's an accident could put an employer on the hook. And what do we really know about those people? That's the real question is, you you know, you may be, you may be uh, required under the insurance policies to give information about these drivers that are, you know, driving for you. But what do you know about, um, who did you say Susan was going to pick up the sandwich? Sally. <laughs> Sally, not Susie, right? It's definitely not Sally. <laughs> that Sally, uh, you know, what do we know about her? Does she have, does she have three DWIs and, and a suspended license or is it, um, you know, is she a perfection driver? You know, like, you know, if you don't really think about it that way and think about these choices that you're making that come so naturally when you have a business, um, you know, cause you're, you're like, I'm paying her to do these things. So that's not the issue here. The issue really is more of the, the vicarious liability of is once, once an employer asks an employee to do something in furtherance of the business, including some tasks that would require driving, they're sort of stamping their mark and claiming some sort of responsibility for what occurs during the running of that errand. And, and that's the super scary part that a lot of employers don't think about. So, um, you know, what about if they're out running an errand um, and they get a traffic ticket? Who's supposed to pay for that? What do we know? What do you guys think? So I think that my hope is everybody has a good driving policy, which we're going to talk about um, in our next episode. Uh, but I think that employers are have the expectation that their employees are going to comply with the law and the employee is on the hook for failing to do that. And my hope is you have that in your policy. And so if they get a ticket, my hope is one that they tell you because uh, you need to know that and probably have to report it. Uh, but also they have not followed the rules of the employer. So my opinion, employer is not on the hook for that ticket. She, she's not giving legal advice here, but no, she I'm says, not depending on your policy, right? So right. Our, in our, that's why we need to go into our, um, I think everyone needs to listen to our next episode in the series where we talk about the policies because without that policy, without warning employees in advance that they might be on the hook. I don't know. To me, that is not an easy question to answer. Susan, what if it's a car wreck though? Like what if there's an actual accident and they are in furtherance of the business, then do you think the company is on the hook to pay for, for the issues related? Right. Yeah. Depends on, I mean, if we're going, if you have a policy in place, Let's say they were texting and driving at the time. Now, let's also say they were not texting with somebody at work, which is another thing we need to talk about when we get to our policy aspect, right? Because if you know that, you know, Tim is out picking up Sally's sandwich, just to throw Tim under the bus this time, um, and you text him, 
you know he's driving and you're like, hey, while you're out grabbing that sandwich, can you grab one for me too? You know, maybe Tim violated the policy by reading that text, but did you know he was driving and you asked him to do something knowing that he, and expecting him to read that text, right? So it becomes a very complicated situation and, you know, I don't know, just you need a policy and you need to warn your employees there. They need to follow the law. Texting and driving. That's good. Okay. I can't wait to get into that in the next episode. I think that's it for this one, ladies. What do you think? Yep. Well, thanks for joining us again for three B's on the law. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast of three B's on the law. Don't forget to like, and subscribe to our podcast. We also welcome any comments. If you'd like to get in touch with us or suggest a future topic, you can email us at 3-T-H-R-E-E-B's on the law at gmail.com. And because we're lawyers, we need to remind you that this podcast is not meant to provide you with legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Thank you again for joining us and have a great day.